Welcome to Stories of Hope. This is a podcast by the Dream Center where you will hear from people who have stories that once seemed hopeless. People whose stories of redemption and life transformation are so powerful they can only be possible by the power of Jesus. Hey everyone, my name is Tatum and I'm here with Joey. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast today. We are part of the leadership team here at the Dream Center and today we will be talking to Amanda Amanda is one of our residents in the Opportunity Village, and she's actually graduating this coming week, and we are so excited for her and her future. So, Amanda, why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about what your childhood was like and what it was like growing up in your family? I just want to start off by saying this is not something I'm good at, but I'm going to try my best. My name is Amanda, and I am here because I have faced my share of struggles. I have suffered from drug addiction, relationship addiction, and codependency. I still have struggles just like everyone else, but I am dealing with everything one step at a time with the help from God, the Dream Center, and Celebrate Recovery. Without these things, none of this would be possible for me, and I am blessed to be able to share my story with you. Do you think I can call my anxiety and open up in prayer? Absolutely. Go ahead. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together and giving me the opportunity to, opportunity to share my experiences with everyone here. As the psalmist writes in Psalm 115, not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. Because of your love and faithfulness, may my words only glorify you. Allow me to be the light in your kingdom. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I am 27 years old. I was born on July 26, 1992. I was born in Easley, South Carolina. I have been in Pickens County my entire life, not in the same place, but I've never lived outside of this county. I am the middle child of three. I have an older brother and a younger sister. We were so close as kids. We had our normal brother-sister fights, but other than that, we didn't have any issues. My childhood was pretty normal. My parents tried to give us the best life they possibly could. I grew up in a home with both my parents, and I can't remember one time when I ever heard them fight or argue. I wish I could say the same for my kids, but I will get into that in just a little bit. I never got into trouble growing up. I always... I was always trying to do as my parents told me to do, and even at a young age, I always tried to make everyone happy. I did good in school, and I always tried my best. Things went pretty good for me until I got into high school. That is when I started getting boy crazy, I guess you could say. I didn't realize it then, but I didn't really have the best judgment in boys at all. I always seemed to be interested in the ones that were no good for me. I was an A-B student until ninth grade when I met this guy. And he was a few years older than me. He was a senior and I was a freshman. My parents didn't approve because of the age difference, but I didn't care. I was a young girl who thought I was in love, so I didn't listen to anyone. I dated him for a few months in school, and that's when that was the only time I could see him. My parents were a little strict on me, so the only time I was allowed to do things outside of school was on the weekends. And even then, the only place I went was to my best friend's house. We had been inseparable since middle school when I moved to Liberty. She didn't agree with my decision to be with this boy either, but I didn't listen to her either. As mine and his relationship started getting more serious, I was desperate to find a way to see him more without my parents finding out, so I started lying to them and saying I was going to my best friend's house, but in reality, I was really at his house doing things I didn't need to be doing. Is this when, um, in your life, things begin to change for you, Amanda? This is when things started going downhill for me, and if I would have known then that it was going to change things for me the way it did, I would have never made the decisions I did. I lost my virginity at 16 to him, and that was it. I really thought I was in love then. During the summer, it was harder for me to see him, but I made a way. 
I was blowing off my best friend to see him and making my parents believe I was with her the whole time. They knew something was up but tried to believe I was telling them the truth. I had never done drugs a day in day in my life until that summer, and that's when I started smoking weed because he did. I really enjoyed it at the time. By this time, I had lost my best friend. She couldn't handle the way I was living my life, but I didn't care. When I started school back my 11th grade year, he had graduated, so I couldn't see him during the day. That's when I started skipping school. I was skipping at least every other day just to see him until one day I got caught. I wasn't at school when my dad came to sign me out, but somehow he knew just where to find me. I got in a lot of trouble. I wasn't allowed to go anywhere. By this time, I had my first job, so I could only go to school and work. I wasn't allowed to use the phone or anything. I, of course, didn't listen or follow the rules my parents had set and started being more sneaky. I started sneaking out at night and not coming back until right before my parents would wake up. I was skipping work to see him. He bought me a cell phone that my parents didn't know about so that I could still talk to him. Eventually, I got caught, and that made things even harder on me. My parents didn't trust me at all, so I had no privacy. I got to the point where I couldn't take it anymore, and I decided to run away. I packed my clothes, and when I went to school the next morning, I left, I left with him. I was gone for almost three weeks. The police were looking for both of us, me because I was an underage missing teenager and him because he was 19 years old, so he was considered an adult. I put my parents through so much during those three weeks. We were bouncing from place to place, but once the police were really involved, no one would let us stay, so eventually I got caught. I was arrested for running away because that is illegal in this state, and he was arrested for contributing to the delinquency of a minor. I still remember my parents' faces when they saw me for the first time at that police department. So Amanda, you have really loving parents, and you said you grew up in a great household, so how did your parents respond to all of this going down? They weren't mad at me or yelling at me like I thought it was going to be. My dad ran up to me crying and just hugged me and didn't want to let go. That really let me know that I had broke my parents' heart and scared them to death. I had to spend the night in jail, and at that moment, I knew that I didn't ever want to spend another minute in jail, and I didn't want to put my parents through that ever again. I was put on probation for a year after that. I started working hard again at gaining their trust back and at getting my grades back up in school. I was doing really good. I wasn't getting in any more trouble, and I brought my failing grades back up to A's and B's. I was doing really good. I passed 11th grade and was closer to my family than ever. Then, then senior year started. So we're hearing your story, and I appreciate you sharing it with us in your honesty. But what happened next after that time that you spent there in jail? That's when I met the second guy, and it completely changed my life. I thought... Finally, I had found a good guy that was going to treat me the way I deserved, and he did. A few months into senior year, I was hanging out with him all the time. Things got serious pretty pretty quick with us, and I wanted things to get even more serious, so as soon as I got off probation, I moved out of my parents' house and decided to live with him at a friend's house. My parents were so hurt and so angry, but there was nothing they could do because I was 17, so legally I didn't have to go home. We were drinking every night and smoking weed and just having fun. He had got expelled from school. That should have been a red flag for me, but it wasn't. So he was homeschooled. I stopped going to school like I was supposed to and just wanted to hang out with him all the time. Two months into living together, I got pregnant. I thought it was the best thing in the world, and I was so happy because I thought a little family was just what we needed. 
I told my parents, and at first they were really upset, but they thought it was best for me to move back home and have my baby because where I was living wasn't a stable place for me to have a baby. So that's what I did. He moved into my parents' house with me. In November of 2010, we welcomed a baby girl into this world, and life was great. We were both such good parents. He was working, and I was staying at home with Cassidy. Everything was perfect. This went on for about five years. We couldn't afford our own place, so we just stayed with my parents. They helped me as much as they possibly could, and I had to, but I had to start working. My boyfriend started hanging out with the wrong people, and things went downhill pretty quickly. I started noticing a change in him. He wasn't around as much, and when he was, he was just angry. He was working all the time, but on payday, his money was gone with no explanation, and when I would ask, it would turn into a huge fight, so I just stopped asking. This is when our fights just started getting worse and worse. We were always screaming and yelling at each other. He didn't care who we were around. If he was mad, everybody knew about it. My parents had to start getting involved during our fights because things would get so loud and it just wouldn't stop. I should have left then, but for some reason I had hope things would get better. His drug use had went from just weed to pills and meth, and that's where all the money was going that I kept asking him about. I was so angry and hurt that he had chose to do these things at first, and at first I tried to stop him. I begged him, but it, it, it didn't do any good. Then one day I just said forget it and decided to try meth because if he loved it that much, I thought it had to be good. It was the worst mistake I ever made. After the first time I got high, I didn't want to stop. I tried not to let it control me. I was still taking care of Cassidy and was working, so I thought everything would be fine. Everything was definitely not fine. Because we were both using, it made fights so much worse, and they started becoming more of a daily thing. We were fighting all the time. He was always screaming at me or angry at me for something, even when I wasn't doing anything. Cassidy was there to hear these fights almost every single time, and she hated it. At the time, I thought it would be okay, that things were going to get better and that it wouldn't affect her. Boy, was I wrong. My parents were so tired of hearing the way he was treating me, but there was nothing they could really do because they knew I wasn't going to do anything about it. I loved him, and I didn't think it was going to get as bad as it did. And then one night, we decided to go get something to eat with Cassidy, and I said something he didn't agree with, and he hit me. That one hit blacked both my eyes. At that moment, I really should have walked away, but I didn't because I really thought it was my fault that I had just got hit. I didn't go home for two days after that because I didn't want my parents to see what he had done to me because they would have kicked him out and made me call the police. So I covered it up just like I covered it up like it had never happened. My drug use started becoming a little worse, but I was still able to control myself, or so I thought. My nanny passed away in 2015 and shortly after my granny passed away and that's when I really lost it. I was drinking a lot more. I was using a lot more than I normally had and I just didn't care. Then I got pregnant. There was no way I could take care of another baby. It happened at the worst time possible. Things were horrible between me and my boyfriend because he was hanging out with his friends all the time and just didn't want to be around. When he was around, it was horrible, but for some reason I wanted him there. When he was around, it was horrible, but for some reason I wanted him with me and Cassidy and not with his friends. He would come home just to start fights because he was mad that I had, that I just wanted him to be with me and Cassidy. I was getting hit almost every time we fought, and I honestly just wanted to die. So I decided to have an abortion because I knew that having a baby would make things worse. 
I remember crying in my parents' bathroom on many occasions, begging God to please help me, give me the strength to just walk away. I wasn't strong enough. I was scared that by walking away from him, I would lose everything. I would lose the family that I had always wanted. I wouldn't have a car or be able to work if I left him, so I just decided to stay. I felt like that was the only choice I had. One night he came home from getting messed up all day in an outrage, of course, because that's how he, he always was when he was hired drunk and was threatening me and my whole family. My dad heard him, so he kicked him out. I was stupid and went with him. I should have stayed with my parents because I hadn't, I hadn't done anything wrong, and I knew it was him acting that way, but I didn't care. I still wanted to be with him. We ended up staying at a friend's house that also used. I had my daughter living with us in this house, and I wish I would have just put her first instead of me and my own selfish needs because what started happening after we moved into this house no child should ever have to witness. Our fights were happening a lot more. He was always accusing me of doing things that I wasn't, and when I would try to make him believe me, it would just make him more angry. He was hitting me, pushing me down, and kicking me at this point, and Cassidy was there to see everything. In 2017, I got pregnant again. And this time, I couldn't afford, a, afford an abortion and really didn't want to go through that again. It wasn't a good time at, at all for this, but I thought maybe a baby would save what little bit of faith I had left, and that would save me. I stopped using and hoped that a baby would make, make my boyfriend want to get clean too, but it didn't. It made things so much worse. He was using more and staying out with his friends more doing things he shouldn't have been doing. Me being pregnant didn't stop all the fighting and abuse. I got called every name you can imagine. I was still getting hit. Things were getting thrown at me when things wouldn't go his way. I still tried to make things work. I don't know why or how I was doing it, but I did it because I loved him and wanted to be there for him, even though he was making almost every day a living hell for me. I had my son Braden in July of 2017. He truly saved me. Amanda, do you believe this is where your life began to turn around for you? I really believe God gave me Braden for a reason, to change my life, because that's exactly what he did, was save my life. I promised myself while I was pregnant with Braden that I wouldn't do meth ever again, but I broke that promise when he was only three weeks old. Being with someone who still actively used while I was trying to stay clean was pretty much impossible for me, so I relapsed. This went on for about two months, and then one night we were at a friend's house, and my boyfriend was in one of his usual, his usual moods. He started cussing at me and slapped me in front of everyone for pretty much no reason. My parents lived right down the road, so my friends or people I thought were my friends took me there, and my boyfriend left. I stayed at my parents for a few hours and then went back to where we were staying after he calmed down. A couple of days later, DSS showed up. The people that I was with that night called DSS because of the way he was acting. It was the worst day of my life. I was drug tested and I failed for meth and so did, so did my boyfriend. The kids were taken away from me when Braden was only three months old. And my parents had kinship custody of them while I did my treatment plan. I was so angry for so long at the people that I thought were my friends would do this to me that it truly opened my eyes. I stopped using immediately and began taking the steps I needed to get my kids back. I was, stay I was still staying at a friend's house with my boyfriend and everyone in the home used drugs daily, but I didn't let that stop me. I fought hard for myself and for my kids because I needed them back with me. I woke up and went to my classes at Behavioral Health every week, and I was staying clean. My boyfriend, on the other hand, wasn't. 
He just used what happened for another excuse to get high. He wasn't going to classes, and there were some days he wouldn't even go to the visits to see our kids. This made me so angry because at the time, even though all this bad stuff had happened, my kids still wanted their dad around, especially Cassidy, and he chose to be with his friends instead. This caused some really bad fights between us. I just couldn't believe he was choosing that life over his own kids. Right before Christmas of 2017, he skipped the visit once again, and that time it broke me. I watched Cassidy cry because her dad didn't show up to get his Christmas gift that, from her that she bought him with her own money at school. When I left the visit that night, I waited for him to show back up to his friend's house, and when he finally did, I told him what he did to her. He started blaming me for making her feel that way and didn't understand why I was so hurt by it. It started a really huge fight, and it resulted in me getting ran over by his car. I really thought I was going to die that night. God was truly watching over me. My foot hit a broken part of his tailpipe, leaving me with almost 30 stitches total on the top of my foot, and I was on crutches for over three months. You'd think I would have left after this incident, but I didn't. I covered for him again and told the doctors and my family that I wrecked a four-wheeler, and that's how I hurt my foot. For a little while, he was very apologetic and was nice to me, but if you've ever been with someone like this, you know it doesn't last very long. I was still going to my classes at Behavioral Health and was still managing to stay clean for my kids. After getting over halfway done with my classes, my caseworker told me I was allowed to go back and live at my parents' house with my kids. I just couldn't leave with them until my case was closed. That was fine with me. I was, ha I was just happy to have them back. This upset my boyfriend because he was completely alone now. I chose to go live with the kids and leave him at a friend's house that we were staying. He could have went too if he would have just done what was needed to be done to get them back. The only time I really saw him when I went back to my parents was when he would come for visits to see the kids because I didn't want to leave them. That's when things started getting a lot worse. He was blaming me for him not being with his kids, blaming me for him using drugs, anything that was going wrong in his life he thought was my fault. And I actually started believing these lies too. He was very good at manipulating me. He eventually lost his job, was stealing from everyone, and using drugs even worse than before. I don't know what kept me fighting for our relationship other than the fact that I was just scared to let go. I finished all my classes and was allowed to have my kids back completely. Today, I went to leave with them for the first time. I was going up my driveway and my phone rang. It was my caseworker. She told me she was truly sorry, but that I wasn't allowed to leave with the kids because they had received another call that I had been exposed to meth from being around my boyfriend. His sister made that call. I was devastated. Everything I had worked so hard for got took from me again in an hour after I got them back fully. I had to go take a hair strand test, and the, the week that it took for the results to come back felt like a lifetime. It came back negative, so once again, my kids were back with me, and this time they weren't getting taken, taken again, or so I thought. I was still with my boyfriend, and he was still using and drinking all the time. Shortly after I got them back, I made a huge mistake. I got in the car with my boyfriend, and he got pulled over for the way he was driving. He had an attitude, of course, so that made things a lot worse. He was arrested for DUI, possession, and child endangerment because my kids were in the car with us. I thought that was it and that I was going to be allowed to leave. The cop stopped me and told me that he had to call DSS again and report it. My heart shattered. I lost my kids again that night. I went home alone. My boyfriend was in jail, and my kids were gone. I was losing everything because of him, because I chose him. I didn't know what else to do. I was so scared to leave, and now I'm losing everything because of it. 
I knew then that I could never forgive him for all that he had done and what I lost because of him. Luckily, the next day, my caseworker told me I could still stay at my parents' with my kids. So that made things a little bit better. Even after all of this, I still stayed with my boyfriend. By this point, my parents had had enough, and he wasn't allowed back at their house to visit the kids, so I was taking them to where he was so he could see them. But that's when I noticed it wasn't about seeing the kids to him. It was about me. He was constantly accusing me of crazy things, and when I couldn't make him believe me, it got so bad. I got called fat and ugly and really horrible names on a daily basis. I got hit, spit on, things thrown at me, and he wouldn't let me leave any time things were like this. I took Brayden to see him one night, and Cassie decided not to go. By this point, she hated going around him. She hated hearing us fight and watching me hurt, so she didn't want to go, and I didn't force her this time. And thank God I didn't. He lost it when I showed up. He tried to take my car, and I wouldn't give him the keys because it was the only thing I really had left that he hadn't taken from me yet. He flipped out and pulled me out of the car, and the next thing I knew, he was on top of me on the concrete with one hand around my neck choking me and hitting me in in my head and my face with the other hand. His mom heard me screaming and ran outside and got him off of me. She quickly got Braden out of the car, and my boyfriend took off. That night, I was brave enough to call the police. I thought I had had enough. I made a police report and pressed charges. He got arrested for domestic violence second degree, and I thought I was done. I was completely broken and hurt. I laid in my bed for days after that and just cried. I didn't want to live anymore. I was laying there wishing he would have killed me that night. I finally decided I needed to get up because my kids needed me. I started feeling okay. The hurt was still there, but I was okay. Then I got a call from Pickens County Jail. It was him. He had got jumped, and of course I started worrying about him again. He promised nothing like that would ever happen again, and I believed him. Why would I believe him after everything he has done to me? He got out of jail about a month later, and I pushed every bit of it away like it never happened. Things were okay at first, as okay as they could be, because he was clean. That didn't last very long. He was back to hanging out with the same people, and I was back to being his punching bag. This went on for the next two years. My children were there to see every bit of it, and that's one thing I will never forgive myself for. I wasn't working because he took my car and got it impounded, so I was relying on him for money. My parents weren't helping me with anything except for a place to stay. They could barely stand to be around me because they were so disappointed in me for choosing him over everything, so I knew I couldn't go to them for help without leaving my boyfriend. I chose him over them. I let him not only abuse me, but abuse my entire family. I had lost everyone and everything around me, and I just felt stuck. I was so miserable by this point in my life. I didn't know what to do anymore. I was so scared to go around him most days, but I was even more scared not to. The days I decided not to because of how he was acting, I got threatened and he would stand at my neighbor's house and throw things at my house. Then one morning after I took Cassie to the bus stop to go to school, he had been up all night doing only God knows what. He called me and told me that the cops were looking for him and that he needed to see me. I refused because I knew he was high, and I didn't want to go through that anymore. And next thing I know, I hear hear glass shatter right next to me. He threw a board through my window, right next to where Braden was sleeping in his crib. He had glass all in his bed, but thankfully he wasn't hurt. My boyfriend was arrested and put on trespass notice. But at this point, I knew I needed to find a way out. I didn't have anyone to turn to, to talk to, and I was completely lost. Shortly after this happened, I found out I was pregnant. I was terrified. This made things even more real for me because I knew a baby wasn't going to make him want to do better or make him stop hurting me. 
I knew that he was just going to find a way to make me lose everything again. I considered abortion, but with no money, I couldn't do that. I also considered adoption, but I knew I wouldn't be able to go through with that either. I knew it was time to make a change. Wow, Amanda, I'm hearing your story, and there are people that are sitting out there listening, and they heard the part where things went bad, but can you tell us how and when did things change for you? I started searching places online, and that's when I came across the Dream Center. I decided to call and set up an appointment, and that's when I applied for Opportunity Village. I was so scared and honestly considered not coming once I got accepted, but I knew I needed this. My kids needed this. So I packed all our stuff, and I never looked back. It was the best decision I have ever made. My life changed drastically. I came into the program in September of 2019. At this point, what happened that changed your life so drastically? Shortly after being here, I began my walk with Jesus. Once I let God into my life, he really started working on me. He gave me strength and courage that I never had before, and that's when I began realizing my worth. He helped show me who he intended me to be. I know for a fact without him, I wouldn't have been able to go through all the things I had been going through. My life and my children's lives are finally okay, and I have no worries about that at all now, thanks to him. After coming to know Jesus, I wanted to further my education, and I got my GED in December of 2019. I welcomed my baby girl into the world two weeks later. I am a single mom of three now, and I am completely okay with that. My kids have watched their broken mom, who was always hurt, turn into a strong woman of God. I am completely okay by myself, not relying on a man that beat me because now I know that God has got me and he always will. I made it out stronger than ever. I know who I am now and I'm happier than I've ever been. I am now a student at Tri-County Technical College taking nursing classes. My kids are healthy and happy. My life is better than it's been in a very, very long time and I couldn't have done any of this without the strength from God. Amanda, what would you say to someone who's listening right now, and I'm sure that they are relating to your story. What would you say to them? As hard as it's been for me to tell my story, I knew this is what I needed to do. Not just for me, but for other girls that feel trapped in a situation like I was. I'm here to tell you, you can do this. You can make it out and make a better life for yourself. You are not trapped, and I'm proof of that. Wow, Amanda, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for sharing your story of hope with us today. And, uh, man, what what a difference that I have seen in your life. And I'm looking forward to the days ahead, how God's going to continue to change your life. And everyone, thank you so much for joining us on Stories of Hope. We will see you next time. And remember, one person can't do everything, but every person can do something. Thanks for joining us today for Stories of Hope. For more information about the Dream Center, visit our website at dreamcenterpc.org. Additional resources related to today's episode can be found in our podcast show notes.